Welcome to the With a Dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Carly. And I'm Izzy. We find answers to all your dog questions so you can get the most out of life with a dog. Um, <laughs> was that your Britney Spears? <laughs> no, that's more Christina Aguilera. <laughs> oh, baby, baby. How was I supposed to know? It sounded good. No. That was actually, yeah, that was, that was microphone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a professional mic. Um, okay, so we've got a really great segment for everyone. It's a new thing. We asked everyone, all of the listeners, types of people you meet at the dog park. I love it. <laughs> all right, guys, this is this is. I'm so excited for this because. I feel like I've been making this list in my head for a very long time and I've just been keeping it to myself, but now I have a podcast. So we can can do it too. We can rant and then other people do it too. Other people (laughs) showed up with such good ones. They're hilarious. Um, Um, So what was your favorite? Oh, I don't know if I had a favorite. Um, You didn't have a favorite? I think my favorite one was... The dog mom or dad who doesn't want his or her dog to play with the other dogs, but expects all of the other dogs to respect the dog's boundaries. <laughs> if that makes sense. Then why are you at the dog park? Yes, this is so true. They're like, oh, he doesn't really like other dogs. So can you keep your dog away? And it's like, why are you here? Like, why? But <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I understand maybe if someone wants to bring their dog who's not as well socialized and wants to bring them to the park, but to expect the other dogs to not play with that dog makes no sense. It doesn't. And also most of the time when I've met these people, their dog really wants to play mm -hmm. so bad. Yeah. And you can tell the dog's like, "Mm, please, please just one time. (laughs) Okay. Actually I can, I can, put a little twist on this Lupin when I bring him to the park he's older now he doesn't play like he doesn't Mm. he doesn't chase and wrestle like he used to with other dogs when he was younger and um he still really enjoys being there and he loves being around the other dogs but yeah if some dogs really try to like chase him and like jump on him and play with him and stuff he does not engage back and but I don't get mad about it like I'm not like get your dog away from mine like I'm just kind of like you yeah. know, like, oh, whatever. You know, the dog's trying to play. Lubin's not interested. What bothers me, though, is when the other people don't eventually recognize that Lupin's yeah. giving the signals out saying, like, no, I'm not I really interested. Play with you. Yeah. yeah. And then and then yeah. the other dog, like, that is that. That's when the owner needs, the other owner needs to step in and be like, hey, come on, you know, whatever dog, like, get off of him. Like, he doesn't want to play with you. Get out of here kind of thing. Yeah. Go find a new friend. Yeah. But when they don't, when the other dog just keeps chasing Lupin and Lupin doesn't, he does a very bad job. Unless a dog is actively humping him, he will not tell the dog to back off. Like he won't. That's so Lupin. He'll just keep running away. I know. (laughs) He'll just keep running away. So it's like, it's just so sad. Anyway, but I agree. It's like, I bring him knowing that other dogs are going to try to play with him and knowing he's not going to want to, Mm. but also knowing that like, that's fine. That was a good one. Types of people yeah. you meet. So, she actually, so this is from uh, Susie. Susie, if you're listening, <laughs> you got some good ones. Um, her second one was really good too. Um, the dog parent who doesn't see, in inverted commas, the dog poop and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and they just and like you don't. you see them looking at it. <laughs> they just, yeah, they see that their dog was like just in a crouched position and then they're like, yeah. But and they, they just, just look walking. the other way like, yeah. oh, look at that bird in the tree. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it's time to go. It's so true. And then the next person steps in it. That's the worst. Yeah. If you're like someone else steps in it in dog poop at the park and you're just like, who the F didn't pick this up? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. that was a good one. You know what I found to be really, okay. You have a smaller dog, smaller than mine. I do. So yeah. I'm good. Like, I don't mean this as an offensive thing to small dogs, but I feel like (laughs) a lot of times the dog owners who have smaller dogs, maybe the dog's just like so much closer to the ground and they just like squirt out a poop really quick or something. I don't know. But they like tend to not notice it as much, I feel like. 
Like when mm, I mean, it is a small poop. It is. I just I yeah. feel like especially the ones on retractable leashes. This oh, is in the dog. They're park sneaky thing, ones. But they just keep walking and not. <laughs> they do. Their dog is like pooping, and they just keep walking and never look back. And then they're like, "Oh, we didn't <laughs> see it." And it's like, pay attention. Really? Yeah. Really. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Poop. Good one, Susie. Um. All right, I've got one. Oh, this is a good one. He's so this is from Ashley and her dog Eve. So, oh, he's friendly and it's just plain when it's like clearly not the case. Like, so when the dog is like literally attacking your dog and they're like, oh, that's just how he plays. And you're like, but, but my dog's obviously not enjoying it. <laughs> Please remove your dog from my dog's neck. Thank yes. you. Yeah. That's like, I under, there's totally different play styles. There's definitely like different people who are, or different dogs have more of like high contact. Other dogs like to do more of a chase. I get yeah. the different play styles, but sometimes there's a dog that's like actively like attacking another's dog's neck and trying to like shake it. And the other dog is like, no, thank you, please. And like Can't running away. Stop. And then, and then the owner's like, that's just how he plays. He's friendly. And you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, don't know about that. about that. Although Arthur sounds absolutely terrifying when he plays. He's all like, <laughs> and unless he's playing with another corgi, the owners are like, oh my gosh, you have an aggressive dog. And I'm like, no, like nothing about him is aggressive just the noises that are coming out of his mouth right now. <laughs> Those are a little aggressive. <laughs> but then we have, like, if he's playing with another corgi and me and the other corgi owner will, like, sit there and be like, I'm just glad you're here and you have a dog who's as vocal as mine and everyone can see that they are mm-hmm. totally fine. Because Arthur will, like, raise his lips while he's playing because he's he's hurting. He's, like, trying to nip yeah. at the legs and stuff. And so he looks like he's growling at them and but he's not he's like just trying to bite their ankles so embarrassing that was another one actually now that you just said that maddie with um the dusty dingoes i think she has like two dogs she also said that like the overprotective mom like dog mom or dad who panics as soon as another dog growls while playing yeah but that's what she said it's just like we run into that constantly although I will say with Arthur's like puppy trigger there was like a I would guess six month old I don't know what it was some kind of fluffy dog it was shaved so I couldn't I don't know don't really know what it was yeah um but it was like a shyer six month old puppy who was like slinking around and that's just Arthur's mo and he just was like ha 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 I'm going to make lots of scary noises in your face. And the parents were like, oh, my God, my poor dog. And I'm like, he just made some noise in his face. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. That's what. That's why you my bring dog's your an puppy. asshole, so I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but that's why you bring your puppy to the dog park. So they're socialized. So they get to see all of these different behaviors. Yeah. I do but feel don't sorry bring them for that when they're dog, too though. young. Just going to throw yeah. that out, people. I mean, I'm going to guess six months, but. Who knows? Yeah, that's as long as they're fully vaccinated. I saw a beautiful blue pity um, at the dog park the other day. Like so cute, little puppy, only nine weeks nine weeks old, walking on the ground like fully with a bunch of other dogs, and I was just like, uh-huh. oh my god! I feel like I should have said something. I should have told them, but I just didn't want to. I didn't want to be that person. At the yeah, dog park. then there's that person, the know-it-all. The know-it-all. Oh, God. <laughs> that's I. This is one of my own, actually. I'll toss this out there. The person who, like, tells you everything about your dog, especially for me, since I have hound dogs, people, like, constantly, well, what kind of dog is that? Oh, he's a foxhound. Yeah, so he's a hunter, so I bet he, bet he hunts a lot. Yeah, we got to keep him away from the squirrels, huh? And I'm like, no. I mean, with a lupin, no. Or Albie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, and I'm just like, no, like he just hunts picnics, huh? And they're like, oh, that's not really what they're trained for. That's not really what they're bred for. And I'm like, yeah, but he really has like zero prey drive, like talking about Lupin. And they're just like, hmm, he really should be out in the country. I'm like, well, he well, he's not. So yeah. Oh, does he bay a lot? <laughs> no, no, not really. Like he, he's vocal. He can talk, but he's he doesn't bay. They're like, hmm. 
Are you sure he's not a mix? It doesn't sound like a hound. And you're just like, fuck off. <laughs> Get out of here. Stop it. Lupin is a delicate little flower. And <laughs> Lupin is perfect the way he is. Thank you. He doesn't need to fit your breed characteristics just because you grew up with hounds and you had like one growing up. You yeah. That's who all was a fax hound who's just one of those other hounds. Other ones. Guy. Um, yeah. But yeah. You, you know what? Speaking of breed people. I'm going to throw one out there here for you, Izzy. The corgi lady. Yep. There's always, yep. <laughs> there's always me. a corgi lady. <laughs> or, you know what, you, you're not too bad at, but there's always someone who has like five corgis. Oh, or I like, hope I'm never that person. There, Yeah, there's always someone who has like five of them and then they're just like, they're all running doing, wild. They're all just going crazy. And then they're like, well, that's the breed. You know, people think that they're small dogs, but they're not. They're really, really active. They're hunters or like whatever. And you're like, all right. I will say cool that on the corgi lady's uh, behalf, they're actually not a small dog. They're a dwarf. So <laughs> they are a big dog. They They've are. They've just got dwarfism. They've got dwarf. I know, but it's like legit. That's a thing. Like that they are a thing. dwarf. They're a dwarf. So, but they were like they bred act like to big be dogs cause at this point. It's not like they have the option to not be now. I mean, right? Does like you anyone can't just... have the option to be a dwarf? No, I guess not. But like, it's not like, <laughs> but it's not like you see, okay. God, this is going to be so politically incorrect, but you've got people who are like dwarves and then you've got people who are the average normal size who are do not have dwarfism. You don't see that with like the corgi breed though. You don't see like, oh, he's a long leg corgi versus short leg corgi. It's like, they're just... All yes, dwarfs. they have been. Yeah, they have been bred to be short because they herd cattle, and so they need to be around the they cattle's need to be, ankles. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they need to be swift and slinky so because, yeah. So they well, when a cow like kicks, the corgi is underneath the kick. Oh. I think. There I you mean, go. I, I honestly don't know. I'm just the more you is, know. This is about just me from the corgi lady. From the <laughs> corgi lady. Um, Don't worry, Arthur. I got your back. Yeah. There's always you. some corgi lady who's who's like fine, you know, no complaints <laughs> about them. But they just start talking about the breed like constantly and you're like, cool, cool, cool. cool. Like, I, I don't have ask. a corgi, so yeah, you're like I just, just gonna I didn't I didn't ask. Well, never go to Marymore on the last Sunday of the month because there's a corgi meetup and there's about 30 of us. Yes. I feel like I've seen it before. It's Lots crazy. of photos, of course. <laughs> this is Izzy's idea of fun. Goes and hangs out it's with not, all the other It's girls. like the opposite. Anxiety. I'm always like, uh, 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 oh no, oh no, look at that one. Uh, where's my dog? Where's my dog? Which one of these 30 corgis is my dog? Um, okay. Types of people you meet at the dog park. Next one. Yes. One Back more. I have one more to add. Um, we got a lot of responses. So if yours, hello, Arthur. Thank you for that. He does. He doesn't agree. <laughs> he wants to go back thing. to the cookies. Um, if you, Shut if up. we didn't read out your response, we will next time. But I have one more from Amanda and her dog Truman, who is actually related to Lupin and very cute. He's another foxhound. Um, what did she say? It was. Oh, this is the, this is so good. The family who brings fast food to the dog park and then gets upset when all the dogs are standing around them and jumping up on them. <laughs> I love that one. It's so true. Like, what, what the F are you thinking? Bringing, like, a whole cheeseburger to the dog park. Eat and it then, in the car. And then being, like, and then trying to push the dogs off, like, uh, uh, I can't even enjoy my food. And then they're just, like, laughing. And then everyone's just also, like, you dumbass. Like, what the, the wrong place, yeah. The wrong time to be eating a McDonald's, lady. Like, like, what do you think you're gonna have? Like a nice little picnic at the dog park, surrounded by poop and barking dogs. <laughs> Why does that sound <laughs> enjoyable? You know what's embarrassing? I have actually been that person before. Not Did with you? fast food, though. I was running late on my lunch, and I needed to take Arthur to the park, and so I took my lunch to the park. And um, worst decision I ever made. Never did that again. Yeah. You only yeah. do it once. That family only does yeah. it once. Yeah. And yeah. then I've, you know what? I've done that before once or twice when 
we first got Lupin and we bring him like Sunday morning and stuff. We'd stop and get bagels and then, mm. but you know what we do? We just stand right outside the fence. And, <laughs> and he yeah. was like, I mean, like we could easily get in, but we would just like, one of us would stand outside and down the food and then the other <laughs> one we'd like trade off. And we only did it like twice. And then we were like, that was stupid. But yeah, it, like the, especially, especially if you have kids. And the kid oh, has yeah. food. Like the kid because has the a kid little baggie, tiny. the baggie of snacks. Like they have a little like, a baggie of goldfish. <laughs> and then all the dogs are surrounding the kid trying to like knock him over to get the goldfish. And then the kid starts crying and then and the, the parent gets mad. The and... parent gets mad. Can you get your dog away from my child? It's like, um. Can you it, get those goldfish away from your child? Because my dog is hungry. It just yeah. ran like five miles. So. Get the goldfish away from my dog. Okay. He's probably allergic. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I'm allergic to til- children, so <laughs> can you get so just all step of back? Get out of here before I combust. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. That ends our first segment of type of people you meet at the dog park. Woohoo! Tune in next week, but not because I don't think we're going to do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> but still, tune in next week. We will have more segments. We're going to make more funny segments, guys. So if you yeah, have any, if you have any suggestions. Holla. Holler Instagram at with the dog podcast and our Facebook group with the dog paparazzi. And uh, let's get into introducing our guests for today. The Seattle Buckery. <laughs> that, was, that was actually really good, but also really funny to watch you sing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Seattle Barkery, it is a treat shop they just opened a treat shop a they have a trailer and a little like food truck for dogs so it's like bakery barkery you get it um so it's like a bakery for dogs. thank you for explaining that to us just in case you know what (laughs) some people some people out there not our listeners our listeners are smart they can figure shit out but you know just in case people didn't figure that out um we all have blonde moments excuse me Um, but we do. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so we've got the Seattle Barkery and we've got the co-owners, Dawn and Ben, and they were fun to talk to. They were great. So much fun. Yeah. It just makes me want to go to like each one of the, like the bar, the um, trailer and the treat shop and oh, right. just the bar. Yeah. Yeah, because they have the bar at Dogwood mm-hmm. and just be part of like each community, you know, because mm-hmm. they know people by name who go in all the time and they have like specials on what's on their menu. And yeah, they um, but it's just, and we gave, um, I actually got one from which actually, okay, rewind, which I forgot to mention to them in the um, interview was they've actually come to my work before. Oh, really? Yeah, we hired them to come to my workplace um, so everyone could get stuff for their dogs. That's so cool. That's such a good idea. Yeah, we were meant to have this summer party, but I don't know if it's going to happen now with COVID and stuff. So um, we're going to get a food truck for humans and we're going to ask them to come on as well. Um, Yeah, that's so cool. Which now I'm going to have to email them because they're going to listen to this and be like, they never never emailed (laughs) us. Shit, yeah, you should probably give them my heads up. It's on my to-do list. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're super fun. So they're a husband and wife team. They've been doing this for about, I think they said five years now. And um, they started out just as dog sitters making um, making, and dog walkers, kind of just making treats for their uh, dogs that they're watching. And then it kind of evolved from there into like an actual bakery business and it's just so cool to listen to how how it operates how it got started how they manage their relationship with it um the different dogs that they have how they create the recipes all that stuff and it really is like a seattle staple at this time i know they've been around for five years um as i said but it really does feel like they're just a real part of the dog community here in Seattle. And it was really cool to talk to them and, and hear their story. Yeah, for sure. I've given Sadie a little, um, what is it? I think it's like a cheese and bacon cupcake on yes. her 17th birthday. Aww. And 
Yeah, I think I sent you the photo of her. Yeah, she. Um, I'll, post, I'll post that on Instagram. I, everyone go look on Instagram. Everyone go look at Sadie at 17 years young. She's no longer with us, so RIP. But she loved it. I couldn't even get a proper photo. It was like all blurry because she was just chowing it down so quick. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. That's what I give that to Albie is finally learning to love treats. He was not too food motivated when we first got him. Um, He still isn't when he's outside, but when he's inside, I think he's picked up on the level of excitement and I've given him, um, or he's picked up on Lupin's level of excitement. (laughs) It was like, oh, this must be a really exciting thing. So I've given both (laughs) of them. I think I got like a beef stick, like a breaded, it was like a breaded like beef stick or something for Albie. And then I got Lupin. It's like this little peanut butter sandwich cookie thing. Mm -hmm. It was, oh. Cute. So cute. I don't know why. Mm, like I want to eat it. It's, Maybe I do. Who, knows? I mean, who doesn't want a peanut butter sandwich? <laughs> I'd eat that. It smelled delicious. It smelled like it had like cinnamon in it and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, do. Anyway. So yes. Here we go. Boom. Well, I think we'll get into it here. I think you guys are such a Seattle staple as of now, especially with, with the treat shop downtown and the truck in the various dog parks. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about who you are, your relationship, and how the business kind of came about. Go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. I feel like we're kind of becoming a staple as well and been, been at it for about five years now. And um, you know how it all came about, we, we, once upon a time, we were dog walkers. Um, dogs have always been in a part of our lives and in some, some form or another, um, we've done a lot of, uh, fostering for different various groups and, uh, you know, that it just kind of ran its course as far as dog walking. And, um, you know, Don was always making treats, um, food for our own dogs. We always seem to have three or four different dogs roaming around the house at a time. So it was <laughs> just easier for us just to make a crock pot and, and scoop it out for the week of stuff that you knew uh, what they were getting, you know, there was, uh, you knew exactly what the dogs were, were eating. And what, there was what a lot of, it started with a, a picky Pekingese. If you know the Pekingese, which really only little old ladies seem familiar with the breed, but, um, <laughs> they're little snobs. And it was, um, we were on Pekingese number two or three. And it was like, this is ridiculous. I can't keep buying all this expensive stuff. And then they try it once and then they'll never touch it again. You know, it's like, how hard could this be? Well, then of course it's like super hard because you're trying to please every dog's palate. If you Google or look up a dog treat recipe, it'll contain some wild ingredients sometimes like codfish mm-hmm. oil and apple cider, you know, things that maybe not everybody has uh, brewer's yeast. And mm-hmm. like, why do they need all that? And the simpler, the better. They seem to like it. And, um, you know, it was a lot of trial and error and things that I just thought were going to be like home runs or fails. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that took all day. <laughs> and they liked one. And then like the cheesy donuts, um, they originally cheesy biscuits. And that's been like our number one recipe since day one. You know, that was a long time coming. And then it was like, okay, now we're kind of getting the hang of it. Like you have a success because they're not trying to be rude. They're just (laughs) being honest, you know, like I just don't like it, you know? And it's like, even though like totally hurts your feelings and then you try to break it up into smaller pieces and think that, Oh, if they have it, if I just wipe it on their lips real quick, then they're going to like it. But no, (laughs) that doesn't really work. And, um, yeah. So if we didn't have such, um, a couple of snobs. I don't know where we would be. <laughs> like a lab, they're pretty easy to please, a golden retriever. But um, the tinier they are, like the, um, I don't know, the smarter or the more, <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's true. We just had an episode where we talked a little bit about picky eaters. It was like a dog nutrition episode and we touched on like picky, picky dogs. And it's, it's so true. And there's nothing worse than when you go out and you spend lots of money or in your case, Dawn spent all day making these beautiful recipes for the dogs. And then they just don't like it. It's just the worst. Like, it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, please just eat. I love you. Questioning your whole life's, (laughs) you know, plan at that point. Like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, When we started out dog walking actually, or decided to be dog walkers, 
we actually lost Ben's sister's dog. Like the day we decided to be dog walkers, <laughs> she like escaped our backyard and ran for miles. Oh my goodness. And it was like, is this the right thing to do? What we are can't we doing? even keep one dog <laughs> safe. But she was fine and everything worked out. And his sister, who I didn't know very well at the time, was uh, really lovely about it and laughed about it. But it was like, oh my God, this is not good. But it evolved and evolved. And here we are. Just keep plugging away at it. Well, that sounds great. And how did you guys meet initially? Go ahead. <laughs> she likes to say she was my trainer. I was. I was new to a, uh, a brewery in Seattle and uh, she was my trainer. And um, we totally hit it off from the get-go. And in a weird coincidence, uh, our sisters who were living up north in Marysville at the time uh, knew of each other. They were, they were uh, basically shared a backyard. They were neighbors. And so they were friends before Don and I even were together. So, uh, and then we have nieces and nephews that are same age and they got to know each other before Don and I even knew who we yeah, were. They were all hanging out before. Um, so it was, it was destiny. Yeah, it's a little weird. yeah, <laughs> it yeah. definitely sounds like it. Yeah. And well, yeah, he kept telling me my, Oh, you know, Oh, my sister kept telling me my friend's brother works at pyramid. And I said, no, Nobody from Marysville, like, cause I grew up in Marysville. I was like, nobody from Marysville works at Pyramid. I'd know. And like, I don't know. That's what he, she says. And I was like, no. You're over there like, there's like, just this one guy. He's yeah. kind of weird. I don't think it's him. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened. And then six months later, he said, oh, my sister, you know, she lives way up north. And I just like, where? He's like, oh, you would never have heard of this place. I was like, oh my God, I totally know you're going to say Marysville. <laughs> I know it. And uh, it was true. So yes, his his sister and my sister were um, heavily involved, they'd like to think, I think. But besides that, uh, dogs really kind of brought us together. I, I owned a, a big uh, St. Bernard Collie mix named George. And uh, he needed a babysitter. And he was destroying my apartment at the time. He had horrible separation anxiety. He'd eat my bed and, um, he would scratch at the door and I just, I had never dealt with that before. And it was so frustrating. I was working long hours and, uh, Dawn had recently adopted a Pekingese. And so I, I had no idea what I was getting into. So the two dogs <laughs> were complete opposites and, uh, but they got along great. And, uh, so when I would work a long shift, I'd, she'd watch George and vice versa. I'd watch little Sadie and uh, yeah, the rest is history. We we do long walks together and just got to know each other better that way. And and yeah, dogs dogs brought us together. I like that that one better than <laughs> yeah. being trained by her. <laughs> and so so you went on all of these long walks. You finally got together, and then is that where the idea of the Seattle Barkery came along? No, no, we had assembly of dog. We had a dog walking business. Well, we were both going to school both working in bars and restaurants and hating it. And we had uh, George and Sadie had passed. We'd been married for like a year and we adopted an, another wild card, an Australian <laughs> shepherd mix named. I see a trend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, we go for, for looks, I guess. <laughs> and, um, Bernie was nuts and he needed to go to the park. Like, three hours a day and three times a day. And our friend had a dog walker and I was like, she makes like $20 per dog per hour to take them to the park with her own dog. You know, like this is a no brainer. Of course it's a lot. Every, you know, every dream job is a lot of dirty work that you don't realize, but, um, and that's yeah. what it was. So we kind of started it. We put out some flyers in the neighborhood and it got out of control pretty quickly. We both started yeah. doing it full time and then uh, we had employees and it was overwhelming. At one point we had over like 300 dogs that used assembly of dog services and um, we didn't uh, ever take a break. Yeah. It kind of consumed us and we weren't, uh, weren't the most happy uh, as we once yeah. were. We definitely, I think needed, needed a change and, but still wanted dogs in our lives. We're just trying to figure out how could we still have a career with, with dogs by our side. Yeah. And we were fostering at that time too, and fostering a lot. And, um, it was great, but, uh, you may remember this, um, back in like 2008, 2009, 
treats were being recalled left and right, mm-hmm. like because they weren't uh, regulated at all. And the like organic, quote unquote, chicken jerky at Costco was like slicing dogs' throats and all the yeah. stuff you thought was good quality wasn't. And, you know, I don't buy a treat and see if it gets recalled for a month. I buy it and start giving it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's gone. Um, So then you think like, oh my gosh, that's a product we buy and we give to our dogs and our clients. And what if something happened? Uh, We would feel horrible. And then you think, how hard could it be? How hard could dog walking be? How hard could treat baking be? (laughs) And um, you realize that if you want to, I guess, um, if you want to succeed at it, which we're always striving to do, I mean, it's a full-time job. And, um, so we did some stints at the farmer's market and the treats were hit and, but you're soaked a lot in the summer at farmer's markets too. You know, it rains in, in Seattle and, mm-hmm. um, there was a fashion bus and she would pull into the shoreline farmer's market and she would pull in like two minutes before market started and then be the first one out as well. And she just opened up her doors and she looked all comfortable inside her, <laughs> her fashion bus. And it was so cute. And everybody else had everything soaked, you know, and even with a tent, you're just wet and everything on the ground is wet. And it's like, mm-hmm. gosh, we need to get one of those buses, you know? <laughs> and I, uh, nagged him long enough and we looked on <laughs> Craigslist long enough that we found the truck that Carly, that you've seen, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Moore, very vintage, um, very scary sometimes, <laughs> very expensive uh, treat truck. And, and then we've been going ever since. I think that's such a natural evolution. I, I can understand with the dog walking, how you guys started out with that, because I was the same. Um, when I had first moved to London, I had I didn't have a job yet. And my background was in animals. And so I was like, well, I'm out here in the park for hours every day with my dog, I might as well bring some other dogs at the same time. And that was really great for like the summer and the fall until the weather (laughs) got bad. And then I was like, (laughs) this isn't fun. Yeah. (laughs) Like I feel like, like I have a cold, but this dog still needs to be walked and it's also cold outside (laughs) and everything. But I, I love how you kind of evolved into the treat making, especially with what you were referring to that 2008, 2009 kind of like uh, recall issues. I think that was actually a really big time in the pet food industry that a lot of people woke up to, you know, yes. the quality that you're mm-hmm. feeding the dogs. You know, maybe some people thought about it before, but um, but I think that was, yeah, like a really pivotal point for a lot of dog owners to start yeah. seeking out alternatives. And um, yeah, so the fact that you kind of started to make your own, I would have loved that. Like as if I bet your clients love that. Like if I knew that Lupin was going with a dog walker or a dog sitter or something. And he was getting the perfectly tailored little recipe. Like yes. this is Lupin's bone. And <laughs> yep. I would be like, yay. Goes along. Yeah. yeah. So, so the treat truck was started. And then how long ago was that? Uh, just a little over five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that? Um, 2014, I guess. Um, that's when we got the business license and uh, like the fall of 2014. and. Thank you to like Obama and changing what we were talking about with 2008, 2009, all your recipes have to be tested and registered with the department of agriculture. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it is like reading Japanese It is <laughs> so insane of a process, but now that we've navigated it a few times and, you know, bless the department of agriculture, they're, so helpful and so patient and so willing to give you like 10 tries to submit all the stuff. And you know, it is. You usually don't hear good things about the government these days. So they really are wonderful. And um, even if you mess something up, they're like, well, I think you really wanted to put this. And even the wording of uh, your treat labels have to like our uh, PB paw cookie, which is what we still call it personally, is the mm-hmm. paw cookie with peanut butter because peanut butter is not the number one ingredient and you need to be mindful of what you're, you're advertising, you know, and it really taught us how to like, how do we want to present this correctly? The PB and pumpkin pretzel is the pumpkin pretzel because it's 75% pumpkin. 
And so things like that had to change where maybe the names aren't as cute anymore, but they're an accurate portrayal of what's going on within the treat. And, you know, having all of the treat information handy and available and, um, you know, I'd want to know, I'd be curious. And we use garbanzo flour, rice flour, and we actually grow the mint for the bacon mint patties accidentally. Um, <laughs> it just kind of took over the yard and it's like, oh, great. We have tons of mint. You know what? Um, I just planted some mint and it's taken over my whole lavender plant. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like saying. I'm going to get some weird hybrid. So. <laughs> oh, that's tasty. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Mint lavender tea. Yeah. Delicious. Or mojito. So yes, um, with that, you know, I, we get calls emails almost daily if uh every other day maybe now of people wanting to do the same thing all over the world which is so flattering and so amazing that they've found our little treat truck and thought to ask or reach out like we always I always want to be gracious because I know it's extremely hard to navigate um with that being said we can't explain it to everybody in every city and every state because we don't know you know it's different state by state but yeah to offer up what we can is um helpful and you know it is really daunting but it's doable we did it you know so it can happen yeah every city every county is a little different we had a when we were first getting going, people just didn't know how to classify us. They, you know, I'm 90% sure you're okay. I was like, well, how do I get to a hundred percent? Because <laughs> I want to want to make this happen. And you know, people were like, you're wait, your dog treats. I, I don't get it. And coffee. I, I don't get it. My response always was like, you don't own a dog, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you realize quickly how many, um, how many people enjoy it, especially at a dog park. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so Arthur can sometimes be a bit of a turd at the dog park, but if he's good, mm. he always gets a treat afterwards. You got to earn it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think that's the only thing that keeps him going. <laughs> it should. It should. <laughs> you said you had to do the recipes. Do you have to, every time you come out with a new recipe, do you need to get it registered yes. first? Yes. Oh do, my yeah. gosh. That's yeah. so hard. You can't even just be like, oh, I thought of it. This no. past weekend, and here we go on a Monday. Like you have to. That would be a lot more fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so much more fun. So, um, yeah, we have, and our peanut butter bone is like a pancake batter. So we do get a little creative with that around the holidays. We'll switch that into a different mold because it's the same recipe, and mm-hmm. we try to kind of, you know, our pumpkin pretzels go to pumpkin hearts for Valentine's Day because each recipe costs about. What do you think with the testing and the like, like 150 hundreds of dollars? Yeah. So for a recipe. And then you have to renew that annually. every two years. And so, how long does that approval process take? Is that a pretty lengthy process? They're pretty quick actually. And as long as you've submitted it, well, I guess I don't, that's probably not true. We submit it and we start serving it. <laughs> I hope Department of Agriculture isn't listening. I'm sure that might not be how it goes. But um, I mean, we have, I don't know, 17 recipes and some are seasonal, like um, our naughty coal for Christmas, of course, and our pumpkin pies for Thanksgiving. But they're such big hits that it's worth it to us to keep those recipes and pay for that because... Um, you do kind of want to spice it up and, um, but yeah, we, we don't have the freedom of a regular human bakery, which is hard to explain to people and nobody wants to hear about all the things that you have to do. Nobody cares. Yeah. You know, you're in a cute <laughs> treat truck. They just want the experience. They don't want to hear about the paperwork and the crying. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. This is an exclusive podcast. <laughs> So I still want to learn more about, so that was five years ago, you started the treat truck and then what has happened? How has it evolved over the last five years or so? Yeah, the truck um, was just putting on a ton of miles. We've had the engine blow up on us, uh, various accidents and problems with it. Um, So you kind of knew we can't just keep this up, you know we're going to, we're going to die doing this. <laughs> um, so we, we definitely wanted to find an, a location and a brick and mortar would be our dream. But, uh, you know, that was still pretty far off in the distance. And, um, our next step was, uh, 
we were taking the truck to Dogwood Play Park, uh, which is in Lake City. And uh, we were doing weekend little stints there and got to know the owners really well. And long story short, um, we got a little treat bar set up in there. And a um, couple months goes by and they offered us uh, more space and, and we took over their, their kitchen and uh, threw some ovens in there and started making ourselves at home. And so we kind of had our, our, a real, uh, an inside location. So we weren't freezing outside during the winter and sweating during the summer in the truck. So we were very fortunate to have, you know, kind of a base and have a place that people could come to. And the best part about it was having customers walk by your, your spot every day because they were there for dogwood, but they'd come by our treat bar and, and see, you know, strike up a conversation. And we kind of entered a whole new market of people and started expanding that way. So it was a great, great way. And we're very fortunate to, to have come across uh, Lex and Tara, the owners of dogwood. So is that your official kitchen then? It is. It is. Yes. Yeah, we live there. That, I bet the dogs rolling up to that place. I mean, they could probably smell the baking. (laughs) I bet they're just so excited to be there. Some of the customers will say, is that bacon going on downstairs? Like, yes. Like, can I have a piece? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Don't tell anybody. Um, yes. And Dogwood is an indoor, um, outdoor dog bar. It's a indoor play park for dogs to escape the rain, but they have a good amount of outdoor, um, seating and it's, it's just lovely. They do such a wonderful job. It's such a great place. We really are fortunate that they haven't kicked us out yet. (laughs) And I assume the, um, like the dog industry or the dog care industry, when you kind of exclude vet practices and emergencies. It's actually quite a small knit group of people in Seattle. So it's You're right. nice to have everyone come together and support each other like that. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, with the growth that Ben was um, starting with, with Dogwood, we also signed on with a distributor, Independent Pet Supply, which is based in Snohomish, and they um, service pet stores in the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Idaho, uh, and Washington, which is wonderful. And so now we've even spread further. And so it's so exciting to see like dogs in Portland and Bend are eating your cakes or your cupcakes yeah. and tagging us in photos. And it just, it's just so hard to believe that this all started in our tiny little home kitchen and, um, you know, how far it's gone. It's, it's, it's really amazing. You know, anytime I think we get tired or down, you just have to look at Instagram and it's like all these smiling dogs and these, you know, everyone that's always sending nice messages and it, it makes those early mornings, three, 4am uh, worth it. Cause, um, oh. <laughs> you know, sometimes we want to sleep in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet. I mean, that's the whole thing about being working in the food industry, I think is that you're, you're up like you, you have to be like up at the very crack of dawn, especially for things to bake and, and all of that. That's what I remember uh, when I was younger, I told my mom I wanted to be a chef and, um, and she was like, all right, well learn to wake up in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> maybe <Seriously>. not. <laughs> I've always like really have prided myself on like punctuality and like getting up early, but man, it's like, I feel like we're, and even on the busiest of days, like 19 custom cakes and all of these things happening, um, I think, well, I'm going to be, the, I'm a, I got here at 3.30. We've got plenty of time and every, everything's prepped and ready. And then the clock hits like 9.59 and it's just like, we're all running around like crazy. <laughs> and this happens every week, you know, we're just like, it seems like we're barely getting everything out the door to where it should be because of the different locations and everything. And um, it's a lot to remember. And I, I just feel like I can't, I will not pride myself on any of that anymore because I I'm, I'm failing in it daily, but it's just <laughs> because we're so busy, which is great. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I find that when, I don't know if this is the same for you, but when you're really busy, you tend to not make mistakes because you're just like so focused. Get that when, rhythm. Oh God. Yeah, but I when you're not busy, you're just like a little bit more like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. Yeah. 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 And then I'm like, but Oh, I forgot to put the postage label on it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. I mean, yeah, we do get casual. Like we were listening, um, 
we had a casual day the other day. We like put on, we were all talking about MC Hammer and some like 90s hits. And then yeah. like, wait, I, yeah, we I got, gotta get back to cakes. We here, got distracted know? and we had to slap each other like, wake up, <laughs> back to work. Yeah, you know, when you start talking nine, early 90s music, Ben and I both light up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you need more sleep. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yes, we're just ridiculous. And so obviously you guys have been doing this for quite some time and you've perfected your, um, your skills and whatnot. Um, but what have, what mistakes have you learned along the way that when you look back on, you're like, Oh, I really hate that that happened, but I'm also really glad that it happened when it did. Um, I think we made mistakes in, um, choosing like where, what location to go. You know, we, we are so excited to be invited anywhere and then um, people, places would invite you and then they'd be like, oh, but we charge you to come and showcase here. And it's like, oh, is that how it's done? And then you quickly realize like, no, this is not how it's done. Like <laughs> I should be charging you. I'm entertaining your guests and your residents and your, your fan base mm-hmm. or kind of false promises. Like, um, we won't pay you because you're going to be so busy <laughs> And then you go and have like two sales, you know? Mm. And so you're more mad at yourself for like kind of falling for it, I guess. And it takes a couple of years to realize like, wait, I'm not going to go sit in the rain for two hours because they told me I'm going to make thousands of dollars, which is impossible (laughs) in dog treats anyway. And and then them have them say, how was it? And it's like, you know how it was. (laughs) You know how this was attended, you know? So... I think of anything, we've just gotten kind of more strong in, in what we're offering. And if our yappy hour rate is too high for you, then that's okay. We don't have to come. That's my thing. I would have said the same thing, just what events to go to and what not to. When we were first starting out, like she said, um, we were just saying yes to everything. We were just honored to be invited. And then you realize quickly like, oh, that was a mistake. And but then you do meet certain people and then you'll, you'll see them two months later at the park and they'll come by. And so, you know, it's not all just cause they weren't buying something that first event. Um, you do meet some people and, and they become customers for life. So, but yeah, there, there's been some, some events that we, I wish we had never done. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it sounds like it's just being more confident in, in what exactly. you have to offer and yeah. business savvy and, and all Confidence. of that, which, yeah, I think, which uh, maybe that's a good takeaway for us, is it? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what we're gonna learn. Not that anyone's asking us to go anywhere, no. but <laughs> but when they do, yeah, <laughs> they will pre or post pandemic. You guys will be blowing up. <laughs> yeah, I think that has been one of the harder things for us personally. Obviously, there's a lot of hardships for everyone about quarantine. Um, but one of the harder things for us is that we were really hoping to get out into the community and and do a lot within the dog world in Seattle um, because it is so thriving usually. And, and we haven't really been able to. So hopefully eventually. Um, but speaking of the Seattle dog community, you guys really, you know, have a beat on it because you're, you're in it and, um, you're a big part of it as well. So just for our listeners that maybe aren't around Seattle, like how would you describe it to, to anyone else living anywhere else? Yeah, we, uh, we really tried hard to make it a, make it a destination, make it an event, make it something that you want to seek out and find. It's not just a, a window you walk up and grab something to go. We wanted you know, to be, um, an experience and we wanted the, the humans, the owners to be just as happy and, and, and smiley as the dogs. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, we've, we've incorporated a treat shoot at most of our locations where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do a little sample of the treat down the chute and the dogs gobble it up and it's great for photos. Um, we, you know, it's such a weird kind of concept that a lot of, there was a lot of confusion at first. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, what are you selling? Um, so lots of laughs, lots of laughs. Um, so yeah, we, we incorporated a treat shoot to, you know, just try a little sample and I promise the dog's going to love it because you, you have to gain the owner's trust as well. Um, just like we were talking about earlier, you, you buy these bags of treats for $20 and they don't eat it. And, um, you have a picky eater that doesn't like anything, you know, that's what we used to hear all the time. And it's like, we'll just try some things. Then they would come back, especially the chicken hearts, which Ben 
uh, makes. And um, that seems to be like our gateway treat for the pickiest. <laughs> but yeah. Seattle in a whole, um, you know, restaurants, bars are more and more dog friendly. The farmer's markets are dog friendly. Uh, people take their dogs to work all the time. So um, there's really great dog parks here, humongous dog parks, mm -hmm. um, even really tiny dog parks that are packed with dogs. Uh, dogs outnumber children in, uh, is it King County or just the city of Seattle? It's King County. Two to one. Oh my goodness. Wow. That was years ago, but I'm, <laughs> I'm I, sure I, it's I assume it's probably... <laughs> We've met a lot of kids. We've met a lot of COVID puppies lately. I've, I've noticed a ton of mm -hmm. people going out and getting puppies mm -hmm. during these times, which is great. And shelters as well. If you hear the shelters yes. are, uh, are coming up empty, which is great to hear. Hey everyone, as you may be able to tell, we're a new podcast, so we don't have any ad spots or sponsors. We're doing all of this out of our own pocket. So if you're enjoying this episode so far, please take the time to subscribe, give us a five-star review. It really helps our podcast so much and makes it easier for others to find us as well. Yeah, Kind of circling back to kind of the experience going into your shop, I just wanted to point out, it's it just sounds like such a great experience because if you think about when, you know, maybe internet wasn't around and, you know, going to your local store or your local pet store, like it was just such a huge part of the community, you know, go down, oh, it's Bob behind the till. I know yep. his daughter went to school with his son, yeah. you know, and it's just kind of bringing that back and maybe bringing the community together. Do you find that you have like repeat customers coming in and you know them by name and you know exactly what their dog likes and all of that kind of stuff? Actually, yes, at every location. For sure, yeah. Definitely at Dogwood because they have a membership. So you sometimes yeah. see people every day. And they also have daycare. But at the treat trailer as well, Magnuson, we know so many of the dog walkers, which we've known since we were dog walkers, some of them, <laughs> um, which is aging ourselves. And uh, they'll come by and get things for you know, a client birthday or special thing or they buy a huge bag of cbd biscuits that we carry um probably because they're boarding dogs over the weekend and want <laughs> a little break but um <laughs> and at the treat shop now we've only been open almost two months but um there's so many uh apartment buildings in downtown seattle and when you're in the middle of a pandemic besides walking your dog there's not a lot to do so we've become a destination point um and the dogs, you'll see them pulling the owners and they're like, they won't let me walk any way else. I was like, that's what we want to hear, you know? <laughs> so it's becoming a part of their day and it, it kind of breaks up the monotony to get a chit chat with another human a little bit. And, um, you know, these are crazy times. So we've rolled with the punches. I mean, we thought we were opening to Amazonia and all of their dogs, you <laughs> yeah. know? And, and we really haven't even seen like 5% of that yet. No. So um, they keep saying it's coming, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's what, going back to what you were saying with um, how dog-friendly Seattle is, I don't think a lot of people realize that Amazon is a dog-friendly workplace and they have tens of thousands of employees downtown. Yeah. <laughs> and the I'll fact that you guys dogs. are now in the base yeah. of one of those buildings is yeah. incredible. Like that'll be such a highlight, I think, of the people's day, you know, when, once they do go back to work of yeah. the people, you know, be able to bring their dog and to get a little treat. And then of the dog's day, you know, they're not just sitting under the desk all day that they get to have their little treat and go into the barkery and yes. say hi. We've made a little utopia in South Lake Union. <laughs> yeah, that'll be so amazing. Um, one more question about the logistics of the uh, business and everything. You guys are married. And you work together. And how is that? Like, how do you make that work? <laughs> uh, I'll let you answer that. We Be careful. Yeah. We met as co-workers. So um, I think if he didn't like the way my work ethic was he probably wouldn't have wanted to be my friend or date me and vice versa. Like if he was like the worst one at the brewery that we worked at, um, you know, people talk that everyone knew who the worst one was and nobody wanted to be that person's friend um, or boyfriend or girlfriend. So, you know, when, when this whole pandemic broke, they were talking about divorce rates on the rise and 
in Wuhan, as soon as they, um, as soon as they got back to normalcy, that everyone went out and, and there was a big spike in divorce rates. And we kind of started laughing at it. Like we've been stuck together for years in the same rooms, <laughs> like the same small room, same small truck. Uh, so we were ahead of the game already. So, but with um, that being said, like I'm in the kitchen 90% of the time and he's on the truck or he's at the shop or he's running maintenance and, you know, uh, we start the day together, but we divide to conquer. It's very <laughs> rare. You'll see both of us, um, on the truck together anymore or at the shop. We did like two or three shifts and that's never going to happen again. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, we, we split up, but we do have to communicate about the day and how, you know, now we, ha- you know, we do have a staff. We, over the years, we were up to, well, pre COVID, we had a staff of seven and we're bringing them back. And, um, you know, so there's that too, of managing staff and how, how you handle that. And, you know, I do mm-hmm. scheduling, but he, you know, is more of the trainer and it's, it's interesting because every if you've ever been in a, that position, it's, it's, it's hard. Managing <laughs> people is hard. They all have different mm-hmm. personalities. They all feel differently about things. And we have a wonderful team. Um, it's been a family affair too. Uh, one of our nieces has worked for us and um, Ben's mom will come and do some. <laughs> she's, she's worked, she's worked a shift or two. <laughs> Anything, she'll just be like right there. Like, what do you need? I'm here. She flies in from Colorado, and she's just like cannot sleep a wink. She <laughs> wants to help. Like, she's just she just loves being a part of it. And so, let's go back to the shop because I know that you've got quite a variety of treats and cupcakes and whatnot available. Can you kind of go into a bit of detail of what you guys currently have on the menu? Sure. Yeah, we've got. Um... We've got all the same treats that are available on the truck or the trailer or at Dogwood. Um, bacon pup cakes, the chicken hearts. Um, we've noticed that, especially during these times, um, a lot of people are doing Zoom interviews and, <laughs> and meetings. Uh, so they want their dogs quiet and leave them alone while they're doing this. So <laughs> we've been selling a ton of different chews like bully sticks and smoked bones and tracheas and... All, all the gross stuff to try to keep the dogs busy during, <laughs> during these important zoom meetings. But yeah, we've got uh, a lot of fun stuff that we've always wanted to offer, but being on the truck or the trailer at Magnuson is, um, everything can get dusty and the rain can present problems obviously. Um, so we've got some fun stuff like our, uh, dog collars and we've got some greeting cards. And one of the things that I'm really proud of is that almost everything we have is locally or Pacific Northwest, um, made. Yeah. Uh, we have elk antlers that come from Montana. Um, some of the, uh, the dog beer as well comes from Montana. I don't know if you've tried the dog beer before. Uh, <laughs> it's yes. Chicken and beef broth essentially. Um, so yeah, we've got some other fun items that you can only get at the shop, uh, just because of room and, and weather yeah. really. And what about the cakes? You mentioned that you do cakes. Are those like made to order or what is all that? They're made to order. Yes. Um, except, you know, uh, I told you we signed on with a distributor. So we do a ready-made cake that you would find in the freezer section of your local pet store in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> um, but our custom cakes are, yes, um, We've really hit a new, <laughs> we've hit a new market with the cakes. Yeah. I don't know how or why exactly, but, uh, I think Dawn has really stepped up her presentation too. It's her cakes look beautiful and amazing. And I have no I have cake nightmares. <laughs> back, back to your question about being married. If, if there is a divorce, it will be because of dog cakes. <laughs> it is, um, it consumes her sometimes. It's just a lot. It's, um, He's lucky we have uh, Haley that works for us now, and she's stepping into the cake realm as well, which will be a blessing for Ben because, yes, yes like my <laughs> hands are swollen at night. It just, uh, I mean, we're doing, our record was 19. Yeah. And the first time we ever had a record day, I did 11 and I cried. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Is it the decorating? So ideas and you want to make each one so special and... um 
people can get very specific <laughs> and you just, there's always that worry that they're not going to like it or you're going to get it wrong. And Pinterest can be your best friend or your worst enemy. It's like, can you do something like this? It's like, that is an airbrushed, like <laughs> dog dancing on top of a rainbow on top of a, a ceiling on top of this. And <laughs> that's done with fondant and, mm-hmm. you know, heavy colorings and, you know, sugar. And, um, I wish, you know, but no, we can't do anything (laughs) like that. So, and I think that's, it's kind of nice that they do ask because it's almost like a good level of education where you're like, actually, this is made out of all of this stuff. That's really bad for your pet, but we're working with all of this, like natural ingredients and, you know, it's just not as and I can add little things, you know, you want a shark theme, we can add a plastic shark that you can take off. And those are, you yeah. know, those things are fine. And the frosting, you know, we, we use whipped cream cheese and we use pet safe, all natural colorings. So it's like, mm-hmm. when you want these maroons and deep purples, it's, like, <laughs> it's going to take all day, you know, um, and let's be honest, color. the dogs, they don't mind. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> the dog's gonna gobble it up, yeah. <laughs> no matter what okay. color it is. <laughs> I even made a cake for our newly adopted dog Bert, and Ben was kind of like, "That's it." I was like, "This is what he gets, right? This is what he gets." <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen the creations you can do, and that's what Bert gets. Stop paying any money for this. He's getting what he gets. So, is Bert your your only dog at the moment? No, we have Bert, who is six now and then um a month after we got Bert we adopted 80 or final refuged 80 from old dog haven mm-hmm. so she at the time we had another old dog haven gal hazel who was a big she was a shepherd mutt <laughs> i think gal. i remember seeing yeah. her on their social media yeah she uh had some rough days and she was uh such a love. She just was so, she just smiled all the time. We had her for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. two years, almost a year and a half, a year and a half. Year and, a half. <laughs> and nobody thought that we would have her for six months because she was in such rough shape. But um, some chicken hearts, some duck necks, uh, she thought she might want to stick around for a little while. <laughs> so um, she <laughs> had the best time and she had a really bad heart. And 80 is a little chewini and she, um, came into old dog haven's care and i thought she has the same heart condition as hazel we're doing all the same meds just on a grander scale and we took 80 on and uh 80 adores bert uh she thinks bert is the best thing that's ever happened (laughs) match made in heaven yeah (laughs) i don't know bert likes to kind of show off for her and they sleep together and uh they're very cute together but um so i think we've created a little family. We adopted Bert because our little guy Sherman with the skin and everything, uh, died really unexpectedly of a brain tumor that had, um, outgrown his brain. Mm. And, um, we lost three boys like within a year and a half of each other, two years. And it was really tough because we had them for so long and uh bernie sherman and marvin was our initial our gateway old dog haven dog a little blind pekingese that we had for four years and he was just such a doll and um but then we were kind of dogless you know and we had hazel and she was sleeping all the time and it's like we gotta spice things up so we got got bert who was very spicy um (laughs) and then 80 and now we're down to bert and 80 and it seems to be working out Cute. That sounds awesome. Well, yeah, we interviewed Old Dog Haven um, just for all the listeners uh, a few episodes back. So they're also such a Seattle staple. So it's it's awesome that you guys are able to work with them as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I cannot say enough good things about them and what they do. And um, it's crazy. I mean, we haven't had any emergencies with 80 yet, but with Marvin, we did. You know, that Sunday night, have to go to emergency and... I feel like it's always a Sunday night. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. And you just say old dog Haven. It's like, Oh, here we go. Everything's covered. And it's like, it's just amazing. They have such a great reputation with the community that, um, you know, they're very thorough and like 80 goes in for checkups every four months 
religiously if she needs it or not. Sometimes the vet says, why are you here? It's like, <laughs> old dog even wants her checked up. You know that, you know. And, uh, they're like, okay, yeah, sit out in your car. We'll take her in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, I mean, everything I think we've covered has just been so interesting. But if people do want to find you on social media or your shop locations, where can they do that? She, I'm terrible at social media. It's at the Seattle Barkery uh, on Instagram. And our address in South Lake Union is 2225 8th Avenue. Um, and right now, it seems to be a, a, a problem on Google Maps. It, come, it keeps coming up 8th Avenue North. So do not go to 8th Avenue North. <laughs> <This> apartment building. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing about it. 2225 8th Avenue. Great. Carly, did you have trouble finding it? No. I did have my, my sister-in-law was co-pilot though. So okay. tossed Lupin <laughs> in the back and yeah, but we didn't have any issues. She, I think she just searched like Seattle Barkery and I said South Lake Union area and she, she was able to find it on Google maps. So yeah. Good. I think okay. it's such a new building that maybe the maps just isn't synced up quite yet. Yeah. Well, great. I mean, I thank you so much for coming on. We have enjoyed every minute and I think everyone's going to really enjoy us especially just with everything going on. I think we all need a little bit of light at the moment. Definitely. And I think you've brought that to everyone. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate thanks. That. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, we will see you next time we stop by the treat truck. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram at with a dog podcast. We have a great Facebook community called with a dog paparazzi. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, give us a five-star review and share it with your friends and family. All content on with a dog podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer or behaviorist.